Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 526. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. Pat is moving in with me soon, guys. Only about two weeks away. Yes, we've started a few little things. Like I moved my closet this past weekend. I want to get all my kitchen stuff packed up this week. Because I feel like the kitchen is one of the biggest areas that I have the most stuff in. So I'd rather get that like out of the way. And then I learned last night that he's bringing over his squatty potty. And I'm really <laughs> not comfortable you with know, that. Everybody that I know who has one swears by it. So maybe it's your gain. In all fairness, it's so, a porta squatty because my bathroom here isn't big enough to have a real one. So it is one where it <laughs> folds up. So I have heard that it works too, Pam, but just it's sitting there like reminding me that people poop every time I walk in the bathroom and like then I'm picturing people actually using it. It just really makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> It sounds like I need to get y'all a full-size squatty potty as a housewarming gift. Oh, my God. You'd be my best friend forever. No. So do you have one, Laura? Do you also swear by it? Uh, No. I've also never used one. (gasps) You should. It was funny because like once speaking sort of to the enthusiasm that Pam was alluding to, I went to a friend's house who had one. And I like went to the bathroom and I saw that he had the squatty potty. It was like pushed back because it sort of. I guess, like, hugs the toilet, kind of. When yeah, you they, like, right. tuck in. Yeah. And I came out, and it was almost like he was literally waiting on the other side of the bathroom door with, like, these wide eyes. <laughs> and he was like, did you use the squatty potty? And I was like, no. Were you listening to me shit? <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't even want to know what it's like to use one. Can it be that much better than my current bowel movement? Yes. I don't think so. I, no. Mm, I don't know. Have you ever watched the video where it demonstrates using a unicorn in ice cream how your body works? <laughs> yes. It's accurate. Genius idea. It was a Shark Tank idea. Yeah. It's my favorite show. But uh, I yeah, also I think, and we haven't discussed it yet, but I think we should also install a tushy because bidets are the future, so yep. we should have one. Actually, Mark and I are in agreement on this. We're getting one as well. <gasps> See, aren't they kind of like tacky, though? Like you're going to see the tubing running into your toilet. and blah, blah. Well, for us, though, we have the master bed bathroom, so nobody else is going to be using it. Yeah, but I'm going to see those tubes running into the toilet bowl. And that, what, that's, what's oh the problem gosh. with that? It's just gross because then you're going to urinate on it and then you're going to be thinking about how dirty that tube has gotten. But the or tube, you can learn you how to aim. Your toilet. <laughs> regularly but also the or tube sit to pee doesn't pull water from the toilet bowl directly you just hook it into the water supply that feeds the toilet oh i understand i understand okay 
And and yeah, so you're going to be seeing a tube. This is too much toilet talk at the start of the show. I apologize <laughs> to anybody who's maybe eating breakfast or lunch right now. Here's my feeling about this, right? So cultures around the world that are using bidets, they are so far ahead of us when it comes to the hygiene game. Because when you think about it, it's actually really gross to take a shit and wipe your ass with dry ass paper. That doesn't clean anything. <laughs> it's no, nasty. No. Right, and then the amount of trees that we would save. Mm-hmm. Though I got to say, once I upgraded to Cottonelle toilet paper, oh man, big difference. You really should invest in good toilet paper. You should yeah, invest in Yeah, because Andrew was wipes. buying like public bathroom toilet paper. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out why my ass was bleeding. <laughs> Is this because I'm a bottom... Oh, no, it's because of the toilet paper. No, if you want another game changer, wipes. Wipes. I have heard good things about baby wipes. Enough about that. We had an interesting experience (laughs) a couple weekends ago. Pat and I went out with a couple of friends, one of whom is actually a millennial listener, Ryan. And we go get dinner. And then we move to another bar. And uh, this is Sidetrack, Chicago gay bar. Really great bar. So we go upstairs to the rooftop. And we're talking for a minute. And a couple of MuggleCast slash Millennial listeners come over. Great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say, so I say hi. But at the exact same time, Pat taps me on the shoulder. Andrew, my ex is right over there. We should move somewhere else. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, of course, no problem. I look over and I see his ex, it, it, like 10 feet away. His ex has a guy with him and the guy has his legs up on the ex. So, you know, it's just a weird situation to be around. So meanwhile, I'm chatting with the listeners, and they don't hear what's going on because it's loud. And they ask me for a picture. (laughs) I'm like, of course. And this is cracking me up because Pat's ex is watching me be a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like Pat leveled up. (laughs) Way to upgrade. Yeah. So, so, but I, I have a hard time wrangling our party together to move inside to get away from the ex. So me and one of the others, we go in to grab drinks, but at the same time, and this is like two minutes after we stepped outside and encountered the ex, the ex also moves inside. And then when I'm inside, I tell my friend, oh, Pat's ex is out there. We need to move somewhere else. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. So we go back outside, and now the ex is no longer there. And I turn to Pat. I'm like, so did you tell everyone that we just saw your ex sitting right here? And Pat goes, oh, no, you know what? That actually wasn't my ex. Do you not know what your ex looks like? <laughs> Must have been a really basic looking guy. Well, from the from the side, like it was an exact doppelganger. But then as soon as I saw the front, then I was like, okay, not him. And I recognized that the person with their legs on him wasn't his boyfriend. So I was like, oh, okay. Once I actually got a decent look and what didn't feel like a creep, then I was like, oh, well, shit, it's not him. Okay, bye. I think. It actually was his ex because he went inside two minutes after we arrived. What are the chances of that? The bar wasn't crowded up there. Huh? It definitely wasn't, but... (laughs) That timing is too weird. Did you go on a social media stalking spree to make sure he wasn't (laughs) in the same place you were? (laughs) Maybe he didn't want you to see that he's actually cheating on his current boyfriend with this other guy. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, that could be. (laughs) I mean, I glanced over too, and it did look like him. But anyway, I was just like, it was it was like this urgent situation. We had to get out of there quick, quick, quick. And then I come back out. Oh, that's not actually hitting. Never mind. 
I mean, it didn't help that we also had at like at dinner. I drank a giant cider, like two <laughs> vodka drinks, and we did a shot. So I was a little tipsy at the moment as well. <sighs> yeah, and th- and then I felt bad for those listeners because I was like, I was frazzled. I was like, oh shit, we got to get out of here. I can't talk to them, but I don't want to tell them that. So I like, I felt like I gave them a bad moment. And listeners, I apologize. I'm sorry. I meant to apologize to you over Instagram, Mike. I mean, now they're listening to this, so yeah, <laughs> they'll know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So actually, y'all got like a super exclusive meet and greet with moment. Andrew, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Nobody else will ever have that experience. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Tell us, listeners, do you think that was Pat's ex? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining those listeners going through their pictures from that night to see if they can spot the ex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I actually overheard that guy talking about his shitty ex-boyfriend, Patrick. (laughs) Anyway, did y'all participate in Prime Day? We're recording on Monday night. We're halfway through the two-day Prime Day event. Um, I did by accident. Because I shopped at Whole Foods, and apparently, if you spent $10 at Whole Foods, they would give you $10 on Amazon, so. Oh, shit. They did that last year. I need to go and and get that. You can still do it. I think it's through tomorrow. Laura, you didn't? No, I I don't really have anything that I need, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to buy something just to say that I bought it on Prime Day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) A little embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) So we just ordered a new mattress, a King mattress. Because uh, me, Pat, and Brooklyn cannot fit on a queen bed because Brooklyn insists on pushing me off the bed every night. So the mattress was supposed to arrive today. And I go load up Amazon for Prime Day. The fucking thing's been discounted $200. I'm like, are you kidding me? That is a huge discount. And I only ordered this thing three Three days ago, I went on to Amazon support. They said, oh, we can't because then we'd be adjusting people's prices all the time. I was like, well, it's not even delivered yet. So you can't do this for me. So <laughs> I went into the orders. I requested a cancellation. Thank God the UPS guy actually listened to the request. So the mattress didn't show up today. I canceled it, placed a second order for the same mattress, now $200 cheaper. And now I'm getting that one Thursday. But so I'm pretty pleased by that. Saving two hundred dollars. <laughs> Way to cheat the <laughs> yeah, system. Yeah, that's great. But also just like, why couldn't they just adjust it for you? Because they exactly. probably had to know you were gonna cancel and repurchase. Oh, I said that to them. I said, if you don't do this, I'm going to cancel and then that mattress is gonna have to go all the way back to the warehouse and another one's gonna have to come here. Isn't that stupid? Oh yeah, yeah, but we you know, we still can't but I was like, All right, fine. How about uh, Stranger Things? Everybody watch Stranger Things? Yes. Yes. I really liked it. I don't agree that a lot of people say it's their favorite season. I still think the first season is the best, but it is definitely a really, really good season. Mm-hmm. I think that the pace, pacing-wise, I feel like this one moved a little bit faster. There was more action in every Yeah, episode. they didn't have to like establish anything right. like we had to in the first. And I think that that's why maybe... Because I, I, too, am one of those people that felt like the first season was like a tiny little bit slow. Until the pieces started coming together. So it's not my favorite, favorite season. But I do enjoy it for, you know, what it sets up. And like once it gets going, it's great. So yeah, I think like pacing wise, uh, because of all the action. And, you know, they they introduced some new people that ended up being fan favorites. So that like never hurts 
as well. Yeah. And I never thought I would laugh at My Little Pony as much as I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't spell America without Erica. (laughs) I have a friend who, uh, growing up, whose name is Erica. And back in the day, Oreo cookies, they used to say America's favorite cookie on there. So she would just like cross out the first part so that all the boxes would say Erica's favorite cookie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't say that anymore. Right. <laughs> so probably because some other cookie company sued them and said, you can't claim that if you have no facts to back it up. <laughs> so I have seen up through the penultimate episode. The reason for this is that we're waiting for a couple of our friends to get up to that point so that we can all watch the finale together. Oh, um, wow. You're I'm, a good friend. I know. I would just well, lie and pretend like I hadn't seen it. <laughs> Well, let me know how good of a friend you think I am after I say this, because I'm putting a time limit (laughs) on their viewing schedules. So basically, if they are not ready by this weekend, full steam ahead. Um, Yeah, do it. I think that's a great friend. You're giving them ample time. So yeah, and forewarning. So that's yeah, that's very fair, because as a user of the Internet and a podcaster and just somebody who likes to talk pop culture with friends... You shouldn't be expected to wait this indefinite amount of time to watch such a big show. 100%. Exactly. Thank you. I appreciate your support. Absolutely. I felt (laughs) emotional at the end of the show. The final episode was really moving. Like, I I rarely tear up, but I, I was tearing up. That was super sad. So it was still moving even though you got spoiled. Yeah, believe it or not. That's great. <laughs> Which does show like how good a show can be if you can be sp- spoiled, but then still have an emotional reaction to it. Although I guess it's right. similar to how like you can cry every time you see a movie. Mm-hmm. True, so, yeah. Uh, but I also shed some tears in that final episode, and I knew that people were crying, and I still got emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not going to happen. I'm, we're not going to cry today, fam. And then, like, you know, we got to that point and I was just like tears streaming down my face. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so nervous. Get ready, Laura. <laughs> I, uh, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about with the spoilers, listen to the After Dark from two weeks ago. And y'all, that happened again with Hulu and Veronica Mars. Did you hear about that, Pam? Yes. <laughs> this almost really? happened to me. Oh, and oh I think I saw your tweet about it, like throwing a computer across the room right before you read it. Yeah, well, so I was actually, um, I was sitting on my bed and going through my email and I opened this email. Like, you know, usually when an email like that comes in, especially if I hadn't gotten an email before saying that, you know, the company is going to grant me screener access. I just assumed that that email somewhere is going to say, like, here's how you can watch. So I thought, great. Like, thanks, Hulu. I would love to watch Veronica Mars early, especially since, you know, I'm going to be away when it comes out. So it's the same thing that kind of happened with Andrew, where all of the spoilers and the embargoed information do not disclose was like right on top, two sentences after, you know, you open the email. And as soon as I saw, I saw like the names of two characters and I realized what it was and I flung my computer away from me, realized it was about to <laughs> fall off the bed, pulled it back and shut the laptop. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, I know some people who are huge Veronica Mars fans who are critics got spoiled and they were living. Yeah. Honestly, that would have been me because I this like Gilmore Girls was one of those shows that I lived and breathed growing up. Mm-hmm. So I would have been pissed off too. It's and and the the three spoilers that Hulu asked critics to not spoil are so big that you really do not have to tell critics not to spoil these things. I do not watch the show, but if I look at these three items, I know that these are way too big and cannot be published in a review. Like you're you're treating people like idiots. At least bury the spoilers in like a PDF attachment or something like that. Or not- like my idea, make it white so that you have to highlight the area to see what the spoilers are. That's a good idea. Yeah. Usually they send right. multiple Smart. emails though, like um especially for something as big as Veronica Mars or even Stranger Things, they'll send you an email saying, "Hey, like we're going to give you screener access. This is what you have to do to get it. Please do not talk about having watched the series until this date at all." And then they'll send a second email saying like, "Hey, like this is when your embargo date lifts, but also like do not disclose any of this stuff." So Usually there's more warning, but now I guess they're getting lazy. Speaking of annoying (laughs) things, I wanted to talk about my rage of the week. I feel like I haven't had a Laura's rage of the week in a while. Reclaim your rage, Laura. That's right. (laughs) It's a great band name. Um, So this requires a little bit of backstory. So over the weekend, I went to Atlanta Comic Con, which was super fun. And I'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But Sunday night, the Fox Theater in Atlanta was doing a showing of To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one of my favorite books and consequently one of my favorite movies. I've never gotten to see it on the big screen, so I decided I was going to go. My dad and Mark went to Comic-Con with me, dropped me off at the theater. We all had a bite to eat beforehand before I left, and we had just parked in a parking lot that had the payment machine that was broken. So there was no way to use the machine, and the machine just had a sign on it that said, all cars must be removed by 10 p.m. And we're like, oh, okay, it's like 6. We're going to be out before 10. Wrong. They came back to the car after I left for the theater and found that they'd been booted. (gasps) And they're like, what the fuck? And there are a couple other people in the lot who've also been booted. So... The guy shows up to remove the boots from the cars and collect payment from everybody. And they're asking him, like, hey, why did we get booted? And he was like, well, you guys know you have to pay for parking. And everyone was like, yeah, but the machine's down and you had a sign on it that said, have your cars out by 10 p.m. So I'm not really sure what else we were supposed to do. Mm. So then he started lecturing them about how they should have used the Park Mobile app to make payments to be parked there. Oh my gosh. And everybody But then the sign should have said that, shouldn't it? Right. Well, here's the other part. It turns out this sign that said you could be parked there until 10 p.m. was covering the park mobile sign. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, nobody could see it. Nobody could see what zone it was. Even if you'd wanted to pay the park mobile app, you wouldn't have known what zone to pay. And so my dad and Mark and these other people are like getting into this argument with this guy who booted their cars. (laughs) And I think they're all going to be disputing the charges with their credit cards because it's just ludicrous. But like he starts lecturing them about like, well, you can't park anywhere for free in Atlanta. You should know better. (laughs) And it was like, okay, maybe back it up a little bit with your self-righteous, like up on your high horse self. Um, 
the signage was unclear. It's not like anybody was trying to get one over on you. Mm-hmm. And also, I always so, thought that the rule was that if a parking meter is broken, you can still park there. Right. Exactly. And also, making a comment that there's nowhere you can park for free in Atlanta is bullshit. <laughs> right. That's... You're like, believe me, dude, I will find a free parking spot. Trust me. Yeah. No matter what city you're in, there's free parking somewhere. It might not too, be too easy to find, but come on. That's stupid. Yeah, Pam, I once disputed a ticket because the sign was straight up ripped off the pole. So I was like, hey, you can't charge me for this. The the The, the sign was gone. I took a picture and... Never heard back from them, so I won. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's good to know because they all got photographic evidence of everything, so hopefully their card companies will be sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, Laura, we were off last week, but we actually recorded a new Landy. We did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, So we got to talk about your uh, sister and brother-in-law visiting. Mm -hmm. You guys drank a lot, but you didn't talk about Trump. Yes. Much, right? Thank so goodness. That's great. We also talked a little bit about Andrew's vet scare and the terrible customer service experience he had there. So if you were listening to today's Hashing It Out and wondering why we were talking about Brooklyn having surgery, you should definitely look into that episode of Landy for more. Um, also chatted about how Trump can't block critics on Twitter anymore because it's a violation of the Constitution, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Isn't this the second time they've told him that too? Probably like the billionth yeah. time. Yeah, because Chrissy told, Teigen, but... like, there was a lawsuit with Chrissy Teigen, and he had to unblock her. <laughs> oh my god! And we talked about a couple other stories, um, but I also had my own ex scare story that mm. I shared in this episode of Landy. So if you want to, you know, uh, hear the tea, that's where you hear it. The Laura tea. <laughs> Actually, that should be like a new segment for you, Laura's Tea. And it can be a play on the fact that you call yourself Laura T. That's true. I like it. Yeah. Maybe we could rename the Rage of the Week. Laura's Tea of the Week. So speaking of Patreon, we just wanted to give a shout out to our latest patrons. Uh, Megan Hansica, Karina, Brian, Tatum, Cody, Tori, Amy, Brianna, Kavitha, Katie, Sonia, Carly, Justin, Brenda, Hannah, Eric, Grace, and Veronica, thank you so much for your support. And thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are the reason we are able to do this show week to week. We also used your funding to purchase a fun little moment with a voice actor, which we'll play later on the show. Yes. Time now for some emails. Do you know the name of the person? That person requested to remain anonymous. Ooh, okay. Let's call them Laura T. (laughs) <laughs> I was listening to After Dark for 524, and it hit pretty close to home. I'm a teacher, and a couple years ago, a teacher I knew was caught having rather inappropriate relations with a student. This was a couple of years ago, and I'm still somewhat in shock over this, although at the same time, I'm not shocked. I'm in shock that this teacher did such a terrible thing, but I'm not entirely surprised it happened. For the entire school year before he was caught, the victim was interacting with him constantly, always talking to his teacher about her problems with her family or problems with her friends, etc. Quite frankly, I found it super annoying, but I also thought he did too, because he would sometimes give me this look that said, well, she never, will she ever leave me alone? When the news broke that he had been arrested and what happened, I knew who the victim must have been. 
What shocks me most is how someone who seemed to have at least a shred of common sense and a shred of moral decency could do this when he had so much going for him in his life and knowing how much hurt it caused to so many people. He was married with two young kids. He had a good job that was extremely secure because he was a coach and extremely and an extremely popular teacher. The teacher was fired pretty much immediately and will spend the next decade in jail and then the rest of his life as a sex offender. In my opinion, a just punishment for the lives he ruined and all the hurt he caused so many people. I still work at that school, and we all pretty much choose to pretend this teacher never worked with us. He was canceled. Cancel culture. Right. Somebody who deserves to be canceled, quite frankly. Yes. So this came from uh, After Dark 524, and we sort of got off on a tangent about abusive teachers in school. And I shared my experience of having a gym coach who had some really questionable behaviors and then ended up getting with a student. So um, not not dissimilar from the case this listener is talking about. Just pretty unnerving. Yeah. Des- I double checked. It wasn't the same school district. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that would How be crazy. ironic would that have been? <laughs> oh my God. Pam, could you read the next one from Destiny? Sure. So Destiny writes, I just wanted to weigh in on the home-based business discussion on last week's episode. There are a lot of those types of businesses out there, but not all of them are scams and are legit ways to make money. I don't want to sound biased because I am part of a home-based business, but point out the fact that there are good ones out there. You just have to do your research. For example, the company I am with does not pay for recruiting others. We get paid on the product and services that we offer and sell. We have to submit quarterly forms that prove to the IRS that we have sold and made retail profit off of products. If we fail to submit these forms, we lose all of the business volume we have collected and have to start over with volume essentially not getting paid. We offer trainings and seminars to help you achieve your goals and give you 100% support uh, and give 100% support to our team members. We work together not as a competition. We are also trained not to post on social media 24-7, but to limit our posts to one to two a week and 80% personal, 20% business. I think home-based businesses are a great opportunity for people who need another stream of income to create that for themselves. Just be careful. Do your research. Don't join a company that you don't feel 100% about. If you have to pay a lot to get started and get paid to recruit people, it's probably not worth your time and effort. Yeah, 100%. Some really good tips there on recognizing whether or not the company that you're considering working for is a pyramid scheme. Mm. And it doesn't sound like Destiny is in that kind of situation. So yeah, it's good stuff. The beautiful thing about the internet these days is that there are so many incredible opportunities out there for people. We podcast thanks to the internet. I've had a, we've all had a lot of mm-hmm. ex- success thanks to the internet. Um, so yeah, there's some really great stuff out there. And last episode, we definitely did not mean to poo-poo all internet, you know, online businesses. There's quite a few out there. Hypable yep. is a pyramid scheme, I will say, but nobody has any problems <laughs> with it so far. How is Hypable a pyramid scheme? I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I was like, Andrew, I could tell. I couldn't read the sarcasm in your tone. No, I mean. We, I just stayed we really silent just... because I'm pretty sure I get paid more than other people. So if that were the case, I'd be part of the problem. Laura was like, wait. Well, or Pam was like, wait, well, what? That That's just how jobs work, though, right? Like when you work somewhere, you're always going to be making more money than somebody else. Yeah, that's true. Because of like tenure or your skill or ability, right? Um, 
Yeah, just pyramid schemes. Those are the only ones we want to <laughs> have people steer clear of. Yeah. Cool. And our last piece of mail from the mailbag is a confessional. So this one is also anonymous. This confessional says, so I'm a longtime listener. I love you guys, which is why I'm so nervous to confess. I have a feeling that I'm going to be judged and I totally deserve it. I've been in a committed relationship for about four years. We are both each other's first serious significant others. I love my boyfriend like crazy and he's so there for me in every way. This is why I can't understand why I want attention from other dudes. Normally it's harmless. If I go out with my friends and another guy looks at me flirty or tries to dance with me, I feel pretty good about myself. Usually that's enough. I either always look or pull away from whoever it is. Lately, though, I haven't had many chances to go out, and I've never really been someone who gets looks from regular guys on the street unless I'm dressed up or going out, and even then, rarely. For some reason a week ago, I felt the need to log on to a chat room to get whatever the hell it was, attention, validation, assurance, that I needed. Chatting was enough, and when guys would request photos, I'd say no. But then one guy I had barely chatted with at all asked, and suddenly I had created a second Snapchat account and sent him faceless pictures of myself. It's escalated a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. He still hasn't seen my face. I keep wrestling with the thought that I am now a cheater. I feel horrible, and I also feel guilty about feeling good. My boyfriend is amazing. He tells me all the time he's attracted to me. Weirdly, I found that my sex drive and confidence in the bedroom has increased since I started this. He doesn't deserve this. He's so trusting. I can't tell him. I know I can't. We've discussed cheating and cheaters before, and his views are very black and white. It's incredibly selfish, but I don't want to lose our relationship because of some stupid emotional whim. I know I need to talk to him about whatever insecurities led me to go online, though. I also need to let the guy I'm chatting with know that I have a boyfriend. I'm scared of losing that confidence boosting connection too. I wish I wasn't so insecure. I wish my emotions hadn't pushed me to this point of craziness. I never thought that I'd be capable of something like this. Actually, I used to think that I wasn't that kind of person, but I guess I am. I really needed to tell someone the whole story. Please feel free to judge. I judge myself. Mm. This person seems incredibly conflicted because I almost feel like you do want to tell them just to get it off your chest. And yet you say, I can't tell him. I know I can't. So first of all, I, I w- <laughs> you should try to make yourself feel a little better by at least knowing that, you know, this isn't the worst type of cheating. <laughs> right. Like you, you went sexting on Snapchat. It's not like you've been physically hooking up with this person once, twice years you know it it was a mistake that you made i know it sounds like you don't want to tell him but maybe you would actually feel better in time and what you could potentially do is tell him let's say he takes it really badly and he says okay i I, you you could propose well i want to take a break and then maybe a little separation would be good for you too because it's it sounds like you need some separation to maybe reappreciate him so you don't feel uh compelled to flirt with other guys um but how else are you going to separate unless you tell him it would be weird if like nothing was wrong and then you were just like i need space for 6 months or maybe you could say that and then just hope he doesn't start prying and needing to know why the hell you need space 
I will say that I'm wondering if it's less about this person not realizing that they appreciate their significant other and more about their own self-worth. Because if your self-worth and your self-value and the way you feel about your own body isn't, you know, if you're not at peace with that, it doesn't matter who's giving you compliments. It's really hard to take those and actually believe them. So I do kind of wonder if maybe despite the fact that this boyfriend is telling this person that, you know, they're beautiful and they're great and stuff like that, maybe they just don't feel worthy of that. But getting attention from other people is kind of like an easier way to stomach, oh, oh, if like this stranger thinks I'm beautiful, then I must be beautiful. So my boyfriend's telling the truth. I also think you should find a way to be honest with your partner about this because he's not going to know what's wrong. And I'm sure that this reflects itself in other aspects of your relationship. Like if you don't seem as engaged at certain times and and spaces, and he's going to notice that whether he's saying it or not. And it might leave him wondering what he's doing wrong. And based on your description, it doesn't sound like he's doing anything wrong. Of course, I'm cognizant of the fact that we're only hearing one side of the story. Right. But I think it's really important that at the very least, you try to talk to like a licensed therapist to try and like peel back all these layers and sort out all these threads and figure out what's going on with you to make you feel like you need that kind of external validation. Because I have a feeling that if you change the relationship and you're with a different person, this might be something that crops back up in the future. Yeah, like if you're not able to pinpoint what those things are that are making you reach out to somebody else. I think you're right. It's not fair to him. And it would be kind of selfish to keep this sort of to yourself and not address the underlying concerns that are sort of feeding into this happening. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, I mean, I think some thought outside of it has been put in like the fact that you know you do feel horrible about what has been happening means that you're recognizing that what you're doing is something that is wrong or that might hurt somebody else so the fact that you can recognize that is one thing but having a counselor to be able to like walk you through it think about what things in your life or in your relationship are triggering you to do these things And honestly, like even getting a little bit of perspective, like I'm not saying like go through years of counseling or therapy before you tell your boyfriend what you've been doing, but even just like further understanding like a tiny little bit as to why you might be acting out. I think that's going to go a long way because the first question he's going to ask you is why. And if you say, I don't know, that's not only frustrating for the other person, but probably even more painful And you're also making it about yourself. And it is partially about yourself, but that moment is also about your partner. So, yeah. I I think if you were to come clean to your boyfriend, he might, um, it might go better because 
there were no faces exchanged and you don't even know this guy's name and it's just kind of like this anonymous person it's almost <laughs> it's not porn but it's almost like porn and um i you know that would go a lot better than a situation where you physically hooked up with a guy or you've been having like this long-term digital affair or something like that. Yeah. And I think it would yeah. be better obviously coming from you directly rather than assuming we're the only ones who have heard this, then he can't find out through anybody else. But just in case it's better off coming from you than him finding out some other way as well. That's the other thing I was going to say. You definitely want him to hear it from you if he's going to hear it from anybody. Because mm-hmm. um, I've I've seen situations like this blow up and it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be worse if that happens. And you have to prepare yourself for the possibility that when and if you open up to your partner about this, he may want to end the relationship. Mm-hmm. And... That is his right to decide what what sort of like relationship dynamics he's going to be too uncomfortable to proceed with. But at the very least, if you do open up about it, you're on the same page. Right. What the outcome will be, I don't know. But I really do think that getting like having a talk with a professional would be great because Obviously, I think I think for the most part, we give pretty sound advice, but we're not licensed professionals. And, you know, I certainly wouldn't want you to, like, end up in a worse situation based off of what you heard from strangers on the Internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point, too. About what to do about a stranger on the Internet. (laughs) Exactly. I'm a little curious what chat room she went to. I like honest to God didn't know chat rooms really existed Same. anymore. When was the last time we spoke about a situation where somebody logged onto a chat room? Millennial back in like 1999. Uh, the last time I thought about chat rooms was on Hulu's Pen15 show. And that's set in the 2000s, like early 2000s. <laughs> I bet there's like a dating site that has some kind of local chat room. But then you'd see that person's face and she was, or this person, I don't know if they revealed their gender. Maybe, you know, it's facelessdating.com. Possible. (laughs) I bet it exists. I'm going to look right now. Everybody just brown bags it. Oh, it doesn't exist. Andrew, we should buy it. (laughs) It's called Grindr. (laughs) Well, I'm sure like some of those chat rooms exist. Like, remember when like chat roulette was a thing? Oh, I miss chat roulette. Oh. Like, I bet there's still something like that around. Yeah. You'd like, have a dick like every eight chat roulettes. <laughs> I mean, people send unsolicited nudes all the time, so maybe it's easier than we think. Yeah. Or maybe VR chat could be the cheating chat room of the future. And by the way, confessional writer, if you are comfortable with this, nobody ever follows through with this. Please let us know what happens. I wonder if we scare them away with our... Uh, not professional advice. <laughs> advice is just so bad. <laughs> I mean, I so here's my thing. Like, I'm not going to be that person who's like, oh, I'm going to just bl- blow smoke up your skirt and tell you that what you're doing isn't fucked up. It is kind of fucked up. But people do fucked up things all the time. It doesn't make you a fucked up person. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I'm trying to be candid with you. But at the same time, I don't want that to come across as like, fuck you, I think you suck. Because that's not how I feel. 
at all. And the fact that you are coming forward to somebody about it and that you feel so guilty about it says a lot about the type of person that you are. Exactly. Yeah. So keep that in mind. You're 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 not a bad person. You wanted to have some fun online. Period. Um, on a lighter note, San Diego Comic Con is this weekend. It's the biggest pop culture event in the world, I think. Uh, biggest pop culture convention in the world. It's been happening forever. Um, and Laura just attended Atlanta Comic Con, as she said earlier in the mm-hmm. show. So I thought we could have just kind of a laid back discussion on fan conventions. One thing I'm really pa- proud of in my nerd life is how many pop culture cons I've been to. They're always so much fun. I went to San Diego Comic Con for about nine years straight. It just it used to feel like going back home. Like that was it was it was like another Christmas. You just could always look forward to it. And when you got back to the San Diego Gaslamp District, it was like ah yeah, here we go again. <laughs> Made it through another year. I've also been to Harry Potter conventions and Star Wars Celebration earlier this year, which was in Chicago. It's the official Star Wars conference. What conventions have y'all been to over the years? I have not been to any. I really want to go to the Supernatural one in Chicago since it started here, but it's very expensive, so I've never gone. I do hear you get your money's worth, though. Those are like some of the best rated cons. So. Yeah, I just like for the gold like level ones, which obviously I wouldn't need, but like a gold level, whatever is like $1,500 or something like that. I have been to Comic-Con, obviously San Diego Comic-Con, uh, WonderCon, uh, both when it's been in the LA area and also before it moved to LA when it was in San Francisco. And... I don't know if this counts, but one time I went to VidCon for like three hours, but this was like back before it was crazy big VidCon. It was like maybe probably when it first started and everybody was just in one hallway. But I'm glad you brought that up because VidCon, the big YouTube convention, was actually this past weekend. Yes. And I heard that it was all TikTok stars. It wasn't even really about YouTube this year. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was surprised because I was looking at the the Twitter moment or whatever, and I was like, "Wow, some of the YouTube dinosaurs that I actually watch are still going to these things. That's kind of cool." So I've mostly been to Harry Potter conferences, mostly with Andrew. Mm-hmm. But my first conference that I went to was actually when I was fourteen. I went to a mystery conference called BoucherCon, and I just looked them up actually, and they're still active. Um, it was a lot of fun because there were a lot of big mystery writers there. And I love mystery as a genre. Most of the time when I write, it's got mystery elements in it. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a good way to get started, like on the con circuit as a young person. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, I've been to Dragon Con multiple years, but like not officially. <laughs> um, because a lot of like a lot of people who live in Atlanta or at least come to Dragon Con every year know that Dragon Con is so packed that it's very easy to like trade out badges with your friends to be able to get into events. Mm -hmm. I will say I actually paid for my ticket this year. (laughs) This year. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to Dragon Con officially (laughs) for the first time ever. Nice. 2019. You used to be able to do that at SDCC, but then they got smart and put in the smart tappy lanyards. So... Like you can kind of still do it, but you can still swap. Yeah, yeah. You can oh, still we had, do we it. at Hypeable have actually swapped <laughs> passes, <Yeah. laughs> which is definitely 
wrong and i've given my past to friends i am i am too because like why not share the wealth only to people i trust though because obviously like i can't have my name (laughs) getting right through the mud if somebody decides to do something stupid like a streaking through the exhibition hall right right laura my first fan convention was lumos in vegas where you were where we met for the first time i Mm -hmm. think and where you buried the the butt plug in my bed and yeah, well, I wasn't the one who buried the butt plug in oh, your yeah, bed. It was, it was I, I was party to it. I was standing in the room when it happened. Yeah, I'm going to call bullshit I, on it on that. I bet <laughs> I bet it was you. But you are responsible. It wasn't me. It wasn't. <laughs> I will say the most the cringiest moment about that was that short, like right after we did that, you and I think Eric came in the room and we were all chatting and you like flopped on the bed and you grabbed a pillow and you were just like rolling around on the bed <laughs> the fuck right right on top of the butt plug and we were like staring at each other with our eyes wide like oh my god he's gonna find it while we're here you didn't but then the next morning at like 5 30 a.m i get this voicemail that's like who the fuck put a dildo in our bed <laughs> And you know what? I, honest to God, probably thought it was a dildo because I still don't really understand the purpose of butt plugs. We, we can talk after the show, Andrew. I'll, I'll fill you in. Anyway, uh, Lumos was a, a revelation for me because just being surrounded by so Harry, so many Harry Potter fans, and this was 2006, so I was 17 years old, definitely should not have been having alcohol. It was just so cool being surrounded by people who understood fandom like you did. Being when I I was in high school at that time, of course, and I had nobody to geek out with. And that's part of the reason that I was a part of MuggleNet and MuggleCast. It was just a way for me to let my nerd flag fly. And ever since then, it's just been you go to these conventions and it's like there is no shame. Like you are proud to be nerdy as fuck. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of beautiful. It is. And I forgot I forgot about Harry Potter conventions. I was only thinking about big ones. But yeah, I guess my first convention was um, Azcatraz because it was in San Francisco. And I was so scared to go because I was going yeah. alone and I didn't have any friends. And then I realized like when I got there that I shouldn't have been worried because the great thing about these fan conventions or going to anything that's fan based is that you all have one common interest. So it's really easy to meet people and work on your social skills if that's something that you struggle with. And yeah, I met my best friend there. So good things can come. Aww. Yeah, I remember you two there. And I also recently stumbled across photos of us all from the Yule Ball. Oh my gosh. Was it from the Infinitus though, maybe? Because I think that that just popped up on my memories feed. Really? I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I went I, to two. I just remember we were all standing with our arms around each other cute it was like all of us and then matt was there this is i'm like the wizard of oz right now i'm like matt was there and elisa was there (laughs) (laughs) and andrew was probably there (laughs) that was fun though and i looked at that picture and i was like wow we were all so drunk Mm -hmm. oh my god yes (laughs) The, the making friends thing and socializing thing is a great point pam it's something i wanted to bring up today it is so easy because everybody is really just like you. There's a lot of line waiting at these conventions, particularly the bigger ones like Comic-Con. And you will make friends with the people in front of you and behind you. Like, you don't even have to try. It just happens. Mm-hmm. No matter how socially awkward you are. I've always been an introverted person and just it's so easy to do. 
mm-hmm. because you can make that quick connection. But San Diego Comic-Con, Pam and I both have a couple of stories from there. It's just like only at Comic-Con. Every year. <laughs> it's like, how can I embarrass so, myself this year in front of somebody of importance? Yeah. The thing about San Diego Comic-Con is that it's in the San Diego Gaslamp District. So it's kind of a small-ish area, relatively speaking. And you just cannot not run into a celebrity there. Because they're staying in the same hotels as you. They have to eat eat at the same places. They have to use the same walkways to get to to these certain areas. Like, it's just bound to happen. use the same bathroom sometimes. (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, One of my funniest ones that I'll never forget is uh, one of my friends was staying at the Hard Rock Hotel. And that's like right across the street from the convention center. It's also one of the nicer hotels. It's one of the cooler ones there. And for that reason, a lot of the celebrities stay there during Comic-Con. And we were all drinking in my friend's room, and we open up the door for some reason, and there's Nelson Ellis from True Blood. He played Lafayette. He was going into the room right next door to us. My freaking drunk-ass friend was like, oh my god, Lafayette, blah, 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 blah. And we tried to talk him into coming into the room, and he didn't. But we took pictures with him outside in the freaking hallway. Oh my, god. Oh my gosh. And then let him go, and I, I've had so many elevator run, run-ins with celebrities there as well. By the way, Nelson Ellis passed a couple of years ago, which was mm-hmm. super sad because he was so, so yeah. young. But uh, yeah, what's happened to you there, Pam? Um, so usually my stories are all like, they're not cool. They're just like me making a fool of myself in front of people that I, you know, like to some varying degree. So a few years ago, I was covering a show that this actor named Bradley James was in. And the whole reason I wanted to cover it is because he was in one of my favorite shows ever, which is BBC's Merlin. So I was like, I, Andrew, you have to get me in this room. And so they made it happen. And I had been talking back and forth with the publicist. And I guess like not very many people showed up. So she was like really happy we were there. And she was uh-huh. like, you have to meet him. And it was it was just like... That was kind of bad, too, because we had just told everybody that you couldn't ask for pictures. And she was just like, meet the guy. Let me take a picture of you guys. While we were having this conversation, you know, I was like, this is going well. I'm making this guy laugh. It's great. Nothing bad is happening. I hear a scream from next to me. And the girl to my left goes, don't move. There's a huge spider right by your foot. And I'm like extremely (gasps) scared of spiders. So of course I reacted and I couldn't go towards the girl because she was right next to me. So I went to the other side, ran straight into Bradley James's chest and then backed away, but then couldn't move. And then he like pushed me to the side and he was like, it's okay. I'll take care of this. And he... He did. He trapped the spider in a glass and then insisted on going outside to set it free. I thought you were going to say going out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was like, do you want to walk down with me so we can finish our conversation? I was like, not if you're going to hold that, dude. Like, you could, you could go on your own. Yeah. That's so, so funny. So that was really great. And I also, um, I accidentally ran into the Avengers cast because I was trying to go watch. Do you remember that, um, like, uh, the Hunger Games always used to have like the coolest experiences. Yeah, the activations the, uh, as they're called. Yeah, so they had one for the final movie, I think, where you could go to the Capitol. And yeah, and you could take a picture in the chair. Yeah. That was so, like the coolest thing. So I went to do that. And then also they were showing the trailer early. So I think it was like you or maybe Marima who said, go watch the trailer because they're not going to air it until the following day. 
So I went and they were trying to make me wait because they said that the room wasn't ready. And I was about to leave. And I told the guy that was helping me, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't um, wait any longer. I have a press room. And he's like, how how much longer do you have? And I said, I can really only stay for five minutes. And he was like, okay. He's like, they just finished the introduction. Let me like run you up there. As soon as you see the trailer, just tell them you need to go. They're going to show you a couple more things, but you don't have to stay for that. And I was like, okay. So I go up there, watch the trailer. It's great. I tell the guy I need to leave. And he's like, cool. And I think I got confused and turned around and I ended up going down this hallway. And then I almost got tackled by security because they were ushering the Avengers Age of Ultron cast down that same hallway. (laughs) And I got in so much trouble because no one was supposed to be there. They thought I was like a crazy fan. I was like, no, I'm just trying to get to my job. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson laughed at me. And that was the end of that. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, we have fun experiences there, but we don't go anymore. Personally, I don't go just because I feel like I've done my time there. It was nine years. It was great. Of course, I don't live in LA anymore. I I needed a break. So I took a year off uh, before I even left LA. But it was just like, I just, it was enough. It's, It's really crowded. It's really busy. It's really expensive. And I, as somebody who runs an entertainment website, I can cover it better from home than I can actually being there because it's just so hectic and you need to find a place to work and whatnot. And you can be uh, holed up in your hotel room or you can just stay at home and avoid a lot of the bullshit. Is that why you don't go anymore, Pam? Well, this is the first year I'm sitting out in quite a while. I've been going since 2014, I think. So it, I think for me, this year was definitely the money aspect because it is really expensive. Even if you share rooms with people, it's really hard to get a hotel and that's super discouraging. And then the Airbnb prices are through the roof now. So they don't yeah. really make it easy. And everybody thinks, um, especially for like what Andrew and I do, yeah, they give you complimentary press passes, but the amount you spend far beyond outweighs the value of the four day five day pass so yeah it's still a lot that you're putting out there up front even for me where like i can write that off on my taxes as a business expense technically it's still it's like not like i'm gonna get the full amount back anyway so yeah yeah and and so we would what go ahead oh no and and like the nice thing is too is like um that because I'm not doing that, I can go do something else. So I'm going to travel up to Portland and Seattle, and that's going to be way cheaper. And I'm still going to have a good oh, time. Nice. So. so we do recommend going to fan conventions. Just probably stick to local ones because it's it'll be a lot cheaper. You don't have all those traveling expenses. But mm-hmm. also bring backup power for your phone because your phone will die. Bring comfortable shoes. Bring anti-anxiety medication because you're going to be surrounded by a lot of people. Um, don't accept any of the free shit that's being handed out. It's exciting in the moment. And then you bring it home and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do with this now? So don't even waste your time with that. Um, like we said previously, be prepared to make friends because you will also be prepared to smell smelly people because people have problems showering and, you know, or sometimes that BO in check up all night waiting for hall H. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure some of those costumes they like can't wash either. So Mm-hmm. imagine oh, being in like yeah, a thor a costume point. all day and that's all you can't wash it or a life-size totoro true story right <laughs> <laughs> and this is- i will say this was one of the pluses about atlanta comic-con because this is only the second year they've done that oh. in atlanta um so it's still a fairly small convention um but you get a lot of the the same pluses out of it without like volumes of people mm-hmm 
And my final recommendation is to go to the Artist Alley. That's what it's called at San Diego Comic-Con, at least. Just go where all the artists are making incredible fan art. I didn't discover this until like seven years into my uh, Comic-Con trips. But it's just so great seeing what people come up with. I've definitely bought some beautiful fan art before. Um, I don't have any hanging up right now, unfortunately, but I just love seeing what people come up with and they often come up with mashups and then it's nice to support true fans and and great artists. Um, It's just a nice escape from the very commercialized elements of conventions. Yeah, definitely. I think the floor, I think it was also called the same thing at Atlanta Comic Con. Um, That was probably my favorite part of the whole experience because that was where you got to meet the most people. Mm. Um, Also where I got to meet Richard Horvitz, which was like a full circle moment for me because I loved Invader Zim and the Angry Beavers as a child. Yeah. So so Um, tell us about this. You messaged us while you were there. Oh, yeah. So I messaged y'all and I think I have the message here. I said something along the lines of, I have the voice actor for Invader Zim standing 50 feet from me. Do I pay him to get a station ID for us? (laughs) I don't think that computed until I heard the message. And then I got really excited. So Laura paid 40 bucks for this guy to give us kind of a a millennial intro. (laughs) It's great. And I love it because it's something we can, it's kind of multifaceted. Like we can use it on social and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because people in our generation sure do love Zim. All right, so. let's listen to this. Hello, millennials. It is I, Invader Zim. Put down your tweeting and your Facebooking and your Instagramming and go rain down some doom. But not until you've listened to this show. I am Zim. Why was there bacon in the soap? So this is amazing. Um, and it makes me yeah. wonder if we could just start going to conventions and do this often. <laughs> so, like, I noticed at Atlanta Comic Con, um, sort of like at each of their booths, they had some signage out front that basically said how much photo ops were, how much autographs were, and whether or not they were doing voice work. Um, so some of the artists were not willing to do voice recordings, mm. uh, but other ones like um, like Horovitz was willing to do it so and he obviously did it so flawlessly i'm like really impressed did he do that in one take yes it was amazing i literally walked up to him and he was like asking me about the show and i i was a little nervous and starstruck because i was just like oh my god i can't believe i'm talking to the voice of invader zim and i was like yeah it's it's a show about current affairs from the millennial perspective and he was like okay got it and and I held my phone in front of his face, and he did that in one take. That's it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, too. I was curious about how much information you had given him, but he nailed it. So, yeah. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> Can you tell us what happened with Bonnie Wright? Oh, it was really sad. Nobody was lining up for her. <laughs> like Bonnie oh, Wright no. or Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, Ginny Weasley. But it's Ginny. Maybe it was because and Laura took the spy shot and sent it in. Oh, you you texted it to me. It's like super zoomed in. You took it from a distance. You didn't want anybody to see. I you. didn't want to stand like really close to her and be obviously taking a picture of her because that's rude. This picture is really funny to me because Bonnie Wright is also on her phone. Like she's that bored in the moment. Oh, it, no. Yeah. 
Did you put her out of her misery and go take a picture with her? No, because I didn't want to pay for it. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> How much was she charging? I think it was like 40 Okay, That's not bad. For a picture. No, that. it's not bad. But like, I'm also not... No, no shade towards her. I'm just not a big Bonnie Wright fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like... There were a lot of other people there, too, who weren't getting a ton of attention. Yeah. So I I feel like if I had done that, it would have been like dominoes and I would have felt compelled to go around and do pity visits to everyone who wasn't getting That's a good point. attention. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, hopefully I think that she did like a and a at some point. I didn't get to go to that. Um, and then they had like a scheduled photography event for her on the floor so my hope is that she did get some attention at those times i wonder if it's also because it was the end of the day so maybe the people who wanted to see her saw her and that was yeah that that could be it too i mean i will say because this is only the second year of this convention um you know they're not as big as say like san diego comic-con so they can't attract the kind of talent that san diego comic-con attracts just yet right but I feel like given the Hollywood presence in Atlanta, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. That would make um, sense to me, too. And also, it was super reasonably priced. It was $75 for the whole weekend. So. Oh, that's great. Oh, dang. That's mm-hmm. really good. Did you see anything else that was super cool? Uh, we got to go to the Ninja Turtles Q&A session. <laughs> that's which fun. Which was cool. <laughs> um, oh, the only problem with it was it was in the Georgia World Congress Center and... That place is just not super conducive for conventions because it's all concrete. So everything echoes, which means if you're in a big room and people are talking on mics, you almost can't hear them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually went to a couple of really interesting panels on diversity in comics and sci-fi and trans representation in media. Um, And those those were panels that really kind of like got me and my dad and Mark talking like well into our dinners you know the nights after we left the convention that day so i love the fan run panels a lot of interesting stuff tends mm-hmm. to be shared there people so people do good uh do a nice job planning those yeah they really do time now for a word from this week's sponsor zip recruiter hiring is challenging i know this it could be a struggle to find the right person to hire at hypable one reason is because there's millions of people out there. And a lot of the time, all the candidates look the same. So your eyes glaze over and you just can't figure out who you can trust to hire. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. And this is the important part when you're trying to wade through applications. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial, M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. What else is going on, Pam? Uh, We're going to stick 
on the vein of pop culture and talk a little bit about Netflix. They're actually in the news this week for making a promise to cut back on scenes depicting smoking, especially in series rated TV 14 or below and movies rated PG 13 or below. So this is actually coming hot on the heels of a report issued by the Truth Initiative, which is a group that works to eliminate tobacco use. So their report actually found that Netflix nearly tripled in the moments in which tobacco use was used on screen from last year's 299 instances to this year's 866 instances. And when you put those two numbers together, it definitely is a lot easier to see why they feel like this might be a problem. They also specifically singled out Stranger Things. Uh, The report found that 100% of every episode featured some sort of tobacco use, which is pretty interesting. So Netflix issued a statement almost right away, and that statement reads, Going forward, all new projects that we commission with ratings of TV 14 or below for series or PG 13 or below for films will be smoking and e-cigarette free except for reasons of historical or factual accuracy. In their statement, they also said that all future programming won't feature the use of cigarettes or e-cigarettes unless it's essential to the creative vision of the artist or because it's character-defining, historically or culturally important. And then they also noted that while they support artistic expression, they understand that showing so much tobacco use can be harmful, especially in the context of programming meant for younger audiences. And then finally, Netflix promised that going forward, they'll be including information that explains the use of tobacco in their future endeavors uh, as part of their ratings boxes. So if you stumble across a show that is kind of falling within these ratings, their parental guidances will explain exactly why they chose to keep that in. This story surprised me because I didn't think this was an issue anymore. I didn't even realize... Netflix was depicting smoking so often. Yeah, I think we just kind of don't think about it. When it comes to Stranger Things, is it it it's Hopper and is it like some of the Russians? Maybe and Joyce. Joyce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that one is also interesting because while it does fall into the ratings, Stranger Things could argue that they're historically accurate by depicting that because it is set in the eighties and people were smoking up a storm back then. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And they're obsessed with reminding people that it is set in the 80s. So true. Yeah, yeah. And I do like that they specifically said that if it is for historical or factual accuracy, they will still have it. Because that's one of my things. Like if you're going to show something from like the 60s, 70s or 80s when smoking was a huge thing and all of a sudden it's nowhere to be found, like that would be kind of weird. Just take it out of Stranger Things. Have Hopper smoke an e-cig. And we could be like, oh, wow, (laughs) Hopper discovered the e-cig. What I was going to say about Stranger Things is that it's a show that depicts an upside down universe and there are monsters (laughs) coming out of it. So we're already suspending our disbelief about that. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say like, you know, I, I don't think that the the show's authenticity will be impacted by not seeing as much smoking in it. Right. True. And I think I think something to consider too is that we probably haven't noticed these things because we're adults, right? That's true. But it's been shown time and time again that kids are particularly impressionable. Um yeah. and this is why, for example, cigarette companies can't advertise anymore. 
And also why they can't use cartoons, right? Like Joe Camel is Mm -hmm. a thing of the past because he's too friendly seeming to kids. Mm -hmm. Yep. And even like, I I don't know exactly which ones, but there were even some like Looney Tunes ones back in the day that would depict use of cigarettes. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a slippery slope, unfortunately, but it is one that's pretty easy to go down. So I think this is a good thing. To me, I don't need to see people smoking in order to feel like I'm drawn into the viewing experience. It's about the story. And we're, you know, at this point, the only usually the only time people smoke nowadays is if their parents smoked. Right. And like those numbers are dwindling. So anything that we can do to keep them dwindling, I'm good with. It, it seems like Netflix just kind of didn't have a team in place to... Well, they have teams to monitor what is going on across their content, but it never really struck them, I guess, to keep an eye on the smoking. Probably. Because you, th- you would think most Hollywood studios are aware of keeping smoking limited. Because I also think that yeah, we might not notice it because we're adults, but we also might not notice it because it's just not depicted too often these days. I do want to know how much like the the numbers cuz that is a huge gap in how many instances from last year to this year. I want to know how that differs just in the amount of new shows that there were this year compared to last year and how many of those were sequels to seasons or just actual new shows and new movies. And also like how many of them come from abroad? Because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but over the past few years, Netflix Netflix has really been uh, bringing over a, a lot of European content, um, not just from like the UK, but like a big show that came out of that was Sex Education, which is really great. And that's literally just teens getting up to all sorts of different things, but they also smoke a lot in there. There's also a lot of like, um, original movies coming out of Spain, Italy, France, and stuff like that. So I would be interested also to see a bit more breakdown in this. So kids might be impressionable, but do you guys think that adults might be encouraged to smoke seeing it depicted more often? Or are we as a society, do we realize now, at least here in America, smoking is bad. I don't care how often I see it on screen. You'd have to be an idiot to smoke. No offense to any smokers out there. I think most people I know that do smoke cigarettes know that it's bad and and interestingly knew that it was bad when they started. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I don't think so. I I really think that that is a conscious choice you make to start. And a lot of people start like from a social standpoint, like I had a lot of friends and um, in college that took up smoking when they first got there because they didn't know how to make friends. And there's always people hanging out in the smoker's corner. Mm -hmm. So. You know, my biggest issue with smokers, not all, but I feel some of them are highly inconsiderate. I hate having to smell people's cigarette smoke. Please don't walk down the sidewalk smoking a cigarette because I'm going to smell it. And other people are going to smell it who don't want to smell it. And then I have to pause to put distance between me and the other person. How dare you? Make me smell your shit. I don't fart right next to you because I don't want you to smell that. Or at least if you do, you make sure it's a silent one. And senseless. (laughs) 
How do you know that? Anyway, I just really don't like when people smoke out in public. Do it in your house. Do it in your car with the windows rolled up. Don't make other people smell that. Come on. It's like people with BO. Same thing. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think that's a bit of a slippery slope to start telling people they can't be smoking sort of in public places. Like, obviously, restaurants and stuff, we've come a long way with that. Like, do y'all remember when we were kids Smoking and least, in non-smoking sections. Yeah. Like oh, here yeah. in Georgia, at least, they still had smoking in non-smoking sections like it made any difference because basically having a smoking section meant the whole restaurant was a smoking section. Right. Well, it's weird now. Like I grew up going to bowling alleys all the time because I bowled for 10 years and now going into one and it doesn't smell like cigarettes inside. I'm like, there's something missing. Like yeah. my nostalgia isn't kicking in 100% because there's something missing. It's the carcinogens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's still smoking sections of places like theme parks. Disney, I know, has smoking sections. Yeah, not anymore. Those. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And that's sad to see people like corralled into an area where they're just killing themselves. Yeah, and you can smell it as you walk by. So I totally understand why Disney wants to get rid of that. I remember this is a visual I will never forget. It may have been in the Atlanta airport, Laura. There was a smoking room. Oh, yeah, it's still there. In fucking doors. And they're all just in there in this glass cage, smoking themselves (laughs) to death. It was so sad. There's one in Heathrow, too. I vividly remember walking by. Oh, my God. I feel like a lot of airports have smoking rooms. I haven't seen something like that in a long time. I don't know if they're that common anymore. I'm sure they used to be, but... Yeah, I know what you mean, though, because when you pass by those rooms, it, you literally can't see in them yes. because they're all, like, smoked up. I guess it's, it's a great crazy. place to hide if you can stand the stench. <laughs> Bring a gas mask in and hide from the authorities. <laughs> Time now for WTF News. Various items here. A long time ago, we spoke about a woman who had married a pirate ghost. Do you all remember that? Oh, yes. Irish woman, right? Yes. Well, like 50% of marriages, this one did not last. Um, She is actually a Jack Sparrow impersonator. And she got married to this ghost. And there was this photo of her like with a pirate flag. That was like the wedding photo. You didn't see the ghost in it. They were able to capture them in Harry Potter, the Harry Potter movies. But She wasn't able to capture her ghost on camera. But anyway, um, she decided the marriage is over. She said, so I feel it's time to let everyone know that the marriage is over. I will explain all in due course. But for now, all I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality. It's not something to mess with. She found her ghost soulmate in 2014 when he appeared next to her as she was lying in bed. Here's my question. She says she's going to explain all in due course, and she warns us to be careful when dabbling in spirituality. Did the ghost let her down in some way? Maybe he cheated on her with another ghost. That would be nuts. Yeah, maybe he was trying to pressure her into a three-way with a poltergeist. Maybe he was a poltergeist. Ooh. Ooh, maybe he was a demon. He wasn't actually a ghost. He was a demon. Do we think it's possible that the ghost 
went on Snapchat and started sexting with someone else. <laughs> too soon. I'm sorry. They got all those blank snaps and they were like, ooh, baby. Wow. <laughs> but also, isn't this, didn't she say that this pirate's name was also Jack? Yeah. yeah. Didn't she marry the card? Like the cardboard cutout of Jack Sparrow was the stand-in, right, in this video? Or it could be she got tired of keeping up this charade that she's had going on for the past four years. Yeah, she probably thought it would like continue to bring her fame or something, and it hasn't, other than those five minutes at the very beginning. Or maybe she found a real person to marry, and she realized that she had gained so much notoriety, <laughs> she had to cut ties. What I see, what I think now, I've just developed this theory in my mind. The ghost decided that he was done being a ghost. He wanted to pass on. He finally resolved his issues and he's moved on with life and abandoned her. All right. So, another story, and, and this is very relevant today, I feel. A British woman was impaled by a metal straw after falling at her home. These straws have surged in popularity all over i know we use them here in my place do you two use those metal straws um yeah i have one i don't use straws so i don't oh you're a step above all of us aren't you well so here's my thing reading this story i was like i could 100 percent see this happening to me Mm mm-hmm and this is why I don't want one of these things because I'm so clumsy. I trip over flat surfaces. It's just not, it's not, it's not cute. It's not a fun way to live. And I feel like if I had something like this, I would very likely die yeah. at the hand of the metal straw. Yeah. So this happened. She was a 60 year old woman. She had a disability. She fell. She sustained a traumatic brain injury and she died the next day. This all happened back in November, but the report just came out, the coroner's report. This is so here's the I'm I'm very split on this. I can totally see how this would happen. On the other other hand, everything is dangerous. The microphone in front of me is dangerous. My phone is dangerous. Glass glasses that we hold every day are dangerous. This is just a freak accident, right? We shouldn't stop using metal straws. I will say probably not safe to use these in the car. For example, because the one I have got gifted to me and it actually comes like as part of a little travel mug thing. And so I thought, great, I'll just use this for the day. And because you're not, you can't really control where it's going if the car is moving. I, I almost chipped my tooth with mine. Yeah, so I've I had that happen with mine where I've like yeah. lifted it too fast and it smacks your tooth and you're like, ow, why? Yeah, and I'm like, crap, or like your lip. So it's like, I think that... um if you're looking for something, if this is really important to you and you're looking for something that you can take on the go, I think like the the plastic ones are probably a little bit safer because they're not as sharp. Mm-hmm. But they're still like it's still a solid thing. You know, the thing about the reuse that I mean, the single use straws is that they'll bend, you know, you'll break it before it breaks you for the most part. <laughs> right. Probably. Right. Yeah. I mean, I use these all the time for the past at least two no probably almost three years now i switched over to the stainless steel straws i have them at work because i drink anything that's not water or milk i drink out of a straw because it's acidic and i want my teeth to be nice so literally any liquid besides those two i drink out of a straw which is why i have a bunch of them it's so interesting how society is moving away from these single-use plastics Starbucks announced those new lids that are that kind of make your drink sippy cups 
and you see a lot of restaurants not putting straws in glasses anymore. It's made me more aware of how often I use them. And as a result, I have been trying to use one-time use straws less. So this trend, I think, has been a great thing. And I think so. It's too. something that even two years ago I wasn't thinking about. I will say though, and I do want to bring this up because I know if we don't, somebody's going to write in and say this that it is important that those still be an option because people with certain disabilities need to have the option. Yeah. So that's like the catch 22 that by eliminating everything, you're actually making it harder for these people to, you know, accessibly consume beverages. So I guess the solution there is to have them on hand for the disabled yes. or just make the rule unless they request it, don't give it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like such an all or nothing right now, you know, which like as most things are that become heated topics online. So, yeah, yeah. we can hope that maybe at some point they'll be able to make reusable straws that the disabled community will be able to use on their own as well. Mm hmm. I really like the single-use cardboard straws. Have you guys ever had those? Yeah, yeah these yeah. have been pretty hotly debated, though, haven't they? Because sometimes not all of those are created equal, but some yeah. of them are great. Yeah, they can kind of melt. <laughs> yeah, like because I've noticed the ones that don't have kind of like a coating on them will disintegrate a lot faster. But then I wonder the ones that do have a coating. I'm like, well, what is this coating made of? And am I drinking part of it? And is that going to be bad for me? Right. There's a restaurant here called Ted's Montana Grill. I think it might exist in a couple other southeastern states as well. But they use the cardboard straws and they're pretty sturdy, I have to say. Um, like definitely if you have a few drinks with the same straw, it'll start getting a little soft. Mm -hmm. But I've never had one like disintegrate or anything like that. All right, next story. Pat found this one. A Belgian man spent almost five days, 116 hours on a toilet in an effort to make a world record. His name is Jimmy. He's 48 years old. He's learning to be a bus driver. He set himself a challenge of sitting for 165 hours on a toilet set up specifically for the feet in the middle of a bar, but gave up on Friday morning after 116 hours. So he didn't even break the record. Well, he also doesn't know if there is a record. He just did this on his own. Oh. <laughs> we all have those times where we sit on a toilet for an extended period of time for whatever reason, and your butt really starts to hurt. So, yeah, I can't imagine. I wonder why he didn't try to sleep on the toilet, though. Because well, you'd have to sit up. Well, yeah, but like, what if you what if he got one of those toilets that has like the cushy seats? You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Like 1980s style. So it's like a little more comfortable. And you just kind of lean back, cross your arms, pretend you're on an airplane, <laughs> sleep that way. But he had reusable cups sitting at his feet and they had metal straws. And he was concerned if he fell asleep and then <laughs> fell, he would impale himself with one of them and mm. die. Pat, you can try to break this record next. I have no desire. You have a cushy butt. You could do it. Oh, oh okay. Maybe Finally, it, maybe if we have a tushy and a squatty potty. <laughs> Finally, did y'all see this Facebook event that went viral in which there in which people are trying to storm Area 51 to go see the aliens in Nevada? 
1.2 million have RSVP'd. So this, so this got a lot of media attention because people are wondering if even a fraction of these 1.2 million people are going to show up at Area 51 and try to go see the aliens. It This story got so out of control that um, a spokesperson for the U.S. Air Force actually commented... The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets in response to the possibility that these people are going to storm the gates. So it sounds like a challenge. <laughs> it sounds like these people should try to show up, try to storm the gates and see what the hell happens. I just find it hilarious that in the details of the event. It says if we if if we narrow to run, we can move faster than their bullets. <laughs> You think you can move faster than a bullet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really, I can't wait to see how many people actually show up. So that's the thing. People are like, oh, this is a joke. Don't take this seriously. But no, some people are going to show up on September 20th. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. Somebody will. At least one person will. <laughs> there are a lot of people love- out there who w- want to just be a part of this. Yeah, but this is like the equivalent of joining every group back when Facebook was first born, but you didn't actually want to be in the group. You know, right. you just right. did because I love the official title of this Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Power in numbers. Uh, please, you know what? To any of our listeners, please don't take this as encouragement to do something like this. We don't want something bad to happen to you. Well, maybe don't storm the gates, but you should show up. Imagine all the people are that, that will be there. A lot of weirdos are going to show up for this thing. <laughs> what if no one shows up and it's just the Air Force? <laughs> I would freaking show up to this. This sounds cool. That's so funny. I wouldn't storm the gates, but I would, I would stand there and watch everybody <laughs> with their alien shirts and whatnot. All right, that's WTF News. Time now for recommendations. I want to recommend the new season of Queer Eye. It comes out this weekend. We've raved about it before. It's just a very moving show, and the personalities, the Fab Five, are just great, um, except for Bobby and Karamo. I hate both of them. Um, why? Bobby Car- had redemption in season three. No, why do you hate Karamo? I feel like he's the his most beloved. Segments are so freaking stupid, and his job is just to make people cry. How are you doing? He says. None of those episode. people have never ever gone to therapy before. <laughs> he's like the yeah, first, or like people who are. So he does these dumb bits, like that are supposed to be super meaningful. Like, okay, so you're having a problem overcoming your fears what we're gonna have you do right now is build a stack of crates one on top of the other what's this crate mean what's that crate mean okay now kick them all down yeah you did it now you've conquered your fears it's just stupid shit like that and i i I don't think he really adds much to the program i mean i do think some people need that i just don't like him (laughs) he's like a shitty uh hollywood reporter how are you doing how has this experience been so far he just asked the same basic questions over and over anyway episode two of this new season has a moment i am still shook over i was screaming watching this and actually uh this was karama's segment i'm sure the producer the producers come up with this thing but uh i'm not gonna say what it is because i think it might kind of be a spoiler for those of you who are looking forward to queer eye but 
it is just so unbelievable what they decide to do that I just can't get over it. Right, Pat? I was like losing yeah, my mind. Yeah, you for like hours after. Yeah. Days, I'm, really. You were referencing it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So please watch Queer Eye Season 4. You will be moved. Pat cried multiple times. And, oh my God, uh, I lost my shit more than I ever have in the show, and I don't even know why. Episode four, he was like, oh, this episode is boring. Literally 60 seconds later, he's crying over the episode. I'm like, you just said it's boring. How are you suddenly so moved? <laughs> Laura, we what's also your- drinking. Laura, what's your recommendation? I want to recommend going to your local cons to help increase their numbers and visibility. And also because you'll meet some really great people there. I'm going to say that was a cop-out recommendation. New new rule in recommendations. You cannot reference anything that has already been said on today's episode. Thank you. I'm fucked then because I already mentioned Veronica Mars. (laughs) Yeah. Andrew, you do this all the time. I don't. No, I don't. Well, to be fair, I didn't know it was going to come up on the show. That's true. (laughs) I think it's just You know what? Fine. I'm going to recommend Red's Pineapple Ale because that's what I'm drinking right now. Great. Pineapple Ale. Yeah. I would try that. It's not as... Not as authentic of a recommendation because it's not what I wanted to recommend. But, you know. <laughs> hey, but it's a there summer drink. It's a good recommendation. Now nah, I've just pissed off Laura. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your recommendation, Pam? Uh, mine is Veronica Mars. The seasons one through three are available on Hulu. And after you finish that, HBO has the 2014 movie. And the new season drops via Hulu on the 26th of this month. So get there. It's a great show. Even if you're not returning back to it after having seen it when it initially aired, it's just like so good. I love it. Um, And I am recommending Euphoria on HBO. I am obsessed with the show right now. It kind of makes me sad to watch it a little bit because I'm like, how are these high schoolers this fucked up? But... (laughs) I, there's something about the show and Zendaya is absolutely incredible in this show. And it's like I funny. Agree. It's campy. I love the fact that it kind of flips TV a little bit where normally we see like women's boobs everywhere. And in this one, I think you maybe see two pairs, but we've seen in four episodes, the four episodes I've seen so far, at least like 50 dicks. So (laughs) it's very, very much like switched in that aspect of things. Yeah, I've been enjoying that too. The dicks? The the show, not the dicks. (laughs) We have a favor to ask all of you. If you don't mind taking a moment, we would love if you rated and reviewed us on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you use. That helps us get discovered by new people because they'll check out the reviews and be like, oh, okay, other people like this show. Other people like this show. Um, feel free, you know, be honest. We're not asking you to fake a review, but we would appreciate getting some fresh reviews into the various podcast directories. If you would like to contact us, you can go to millennialshow.com and use the contact form or the confessional form there. You can also email us directly, millennialshow at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What are we doing in After Dark today, Laura? We're going to be talking about internet challenges, particularly the really stupid ones, and their real-life consequences. This is inspired by the story of the woman who did the ice cream challenge um, and is now facing felony charges as a result. (laughs) 
of potentially biologically contaminating a half gallon of ice cream. So we're going to be diving into some of these challenges, talking about what challenges we've participated in during our lives very stupidly um, and, and why we think people are even into doing this. All right. And uh, Pat, you picked a song with a certain theme. Yeah. So since Mark and I are moving in to our ladies' houses, um, there's a song by Ben Platt that I love called Share Your Dress. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. Bye, everybody. Picturing myself in your room. And I want to be with you till I'm dead now. I want your friends to be my friends. I'll make you breakfast in your bed. I want it all with you. And if I ain't coming out too strong, it's cause I've waited far too long for someone just like you.